a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. At 10 a.m. sharp, this week the choice is clear. Be unprepared or beprepared.com. Utah's Afternoon News with Scott and Maria. There are over 3,000 people unaccounted for, over 150 structures that have been damaged. 3 till 7 on KSL News Radio. Traffic and weather together brought to you by the Larry H. Miller dealerships. Well, we are just still seeing the crowd of traffic that's going on from the Spaghetti Bowl uh, pass through the uh, south interchange, so it looks pretty crowded there. And also, again, by the point of the mountain, you're seeing the problems there, too. Um, also, there was an earlier crash that happened northbound I-15 at Paris Lane and Centerville. That's been cleared away, and things are starting to get a lot better, but um, we're not seeing a whole lot of problems going north. I mean, not as much as we are seeing going south. Meet Ann Romney Friday, October 4th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the City Creek Deseret Bookstore. Get your signed copy of the Romney Family Table. That's an event you will not want to miss. And your KSL forecast. Well, we are expecting more rain tomorrow. Matter of fact, uh, lake effect snow is possible in some areas. That's according to the to Grant Wayman there. And a high of tomorrow of only around 54. But according to the to the seven-day forecast, we are looking at warmer temperatures starting on Saturday. Sunday and Monday look pretty nice, actually. We're looking at highs of 69 and in the mid-70s on, sun, on Monday. Right now in Salt Lake City, though, it's 47 degrees. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Paul Nelson, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Let me speak to the governor. A special statewide radio program brought to you by the Utah Broadcasters Association and KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Maria Shalaios along with Utah Governor Gary Herbert on this chilly evening. And Governor, so great to have you back in. And winter's upon us, isn't it? <laughs> it's warm in here, though. Yes. Cold outside, warm hearts. And honored to be with you as always. And we should tell people the number to call if they'd like to ask a question, one 575 Governor, we know it. It's on everyone's mind. Everybody's talking about the federal government shutdown. What does it really mean for Utahns? I mean, how many Utahns are really impacted and how are they impacted? Well, it means that Doug Wright's going to have a harder time celebrating his birthday today. I hope not. Have you know, he may day. not be able to get a federally insured birthday cake. But, uh, and by the way, happy birthday, Doug, out there uh, on your 39th or whatever it is that you're celebrating. It is uh, a concern. It's uh, People are frustrated. They're discouraged. They think, gee, what is happening in Washington, D.C.? Can't we get along and get things done? Uh, certainly the dysfunctionality has um, got everybody upset. I've said before, and I'll say again, there's a dearth of leadership back there. I think there's a blame to go around on all sides, uh, Republicans and Democrats, that they can't seem to find a way to have the government function. 
and be efficient in that function. And um, so it's it's a disappointing situation. That being said, uh, Utah, anticipating this potential problem, we've had all of our cabinet members, our department heads, put together contingency plans so that we can get through this difficult time with minimal disruption and minimal impact to the citizens. And uh, those contingency plans are in place uh, and working, and uh, we're prepared to survive for the next few days or few weeks. Clearly, as we the longer we go, the more dire the circumstances become for those who rely upon federal dollars and federal programs. So we hope that the uh, good folks back in Washington, D.C., led by President Obama, will actually show some leadership, bring people together, and find a solution to the problem. We did hear some good news today that the WIC program will receive funding so that it continue at least through the end of October. Are there other areas where you've heard from people who say they are actually suffering as a result of what's happening? Well, the WIC program uh, is a big one. And uh, again, our health department has been working with USDA. I found out about that earlier this morning. And uh, it's about a $2.5 million hole that they're going to be able to plug, it looks like, because of the good efforts of uh, our folks here in Utah. And for women, infant, and children that need and rely upon the federal subsidy and on nutrition and foodstuffs, this is really a good thing. Uh, but others are hurting. For example, our tourism industry. Uh, the month of October, interestingly enough, is about 10% of the revenues that they receive all year long. And so it's approaching almost a billion dollars. And for those involved in the tourism and travel industry, this is a big deal. And for a lot of people, it's just nonsensical. For example, uh, we probably all have seen on television how they've roped off uh, and put yellow tape around the World War II memorial, which is just an open-air exhibit. People mm-hmm. can just wander through and take a look at it and think, well, why can't we go in here? Well, uh, down at our Zions Park, you know, as people are driving on what's called uh, Highway 9, there's some turnouts, some overlooks. And the Forest Service uh, or the Parks Service has gone there and put cones. So you can't pull off there. And if you do pull off, as people have done, they won't let you get out and take a picture. And you think, why? This is not hurting anybody. It doesn't cost anybody anything. A bit nonsensical. It is nonsensical. We're putting, we're spending more money on police and enforcement to rope off places than we would have to spend by having people just greet them at the door and say, welcome, take a look around, don't uh, hurt yourself, and, and come back and see us again sometime. So, it, again, it, it's frustrating. It is just irritating, and uh, it just shows, again, a lack of leadership back in Washington, D.C. Are you getting any... Uh I want to say, do you have any secrets? Are there people telling you that this won't last very long? Or how long do you, are you anticipating such a federal shutdown will last? Well, we haven't had a shutdown for 17 years. And the last time we had that, it lasted about 21 days, so three weeks. So we are anticipating the worst. We're hopeful for the best. But they're entrenched back there. I mean, uh, the, the president's out on the campaign trail again. And all you hear him uh, say, and I've I've listened to it, is it's the Republicans' fault. It's the Republicans' fault. It's the Republicans' fault. Harry Reid's saying the same thing. Of course, Republicans are saying, well, it's the Democrats' fault. They won't negotiate. They won't talk to us. I can tell I had a, an experience when I was back in Washington here about three months ago. I was invited by uh, the, uh, the current administration, the president's office, to come, and I met with a lot of senior staff. And we had a discussion in light of sequestration and other financial problems. And they asked, well, what do you think the president should do to resolve these issues? I said, well, he's in his second term. He's not beholden to anybody. Uh, He ought to bring Democrats in the room, 
If he has to grab him by the scruff of the neck, bring him into the room. Same thing with Republicans. And then once he gets them together, we're going to lock the doors. And, and nobody can escape until we come up with a solution. We've got to find some compromise, some, some common ground. And uh, he could do that. Uh, and uh, that's what I suggested. Unfortunately, three months later, he hadn't done anything and hadn't even talked to the Republican side of the ledger until a couple of days ago when he made a 10-minute phone call to Speaker Boehner. That's not leadership. That's not solving problems. And that's uh, an example of why we're having the problems we're having today. At the same time, uh, we have the federal government shutdown. We have the Health Care Act, which is taking effect, and people can now go and enroll um, for these different programs, give us an idea of how Utah stands. We've always t- you've talked about in the past on the show. I know how Utah has always been on the forefront in this is- on this issue. Well, the goal we have here in Utah is to make sure that we have the healthiest population in America, hopefully the world. Uh, we want to be the healthiest people we can possibly be, and so access to good quality health care is uh, the goal for everybody. But it includes a lot of facets to have that outcome. Individual responsibility, how I exercise, what I eat, what I do with my life is a factor in my health care and my health care outcomes. Having access to good doctors and nurses and and hospitals, that's a part of it, too. Uh, Cost is a factor. Uh, And when you have access, the lower the cost, the more access there is. The question for many is who's going to pay for it? And we've had insurance companies that have done that for most of the population. It's only about, and nationally, about 15% that don't have insurance coverage. So it's a, it's a smaller percentage. It's a minority of the population, a significantly important minority. In Utah, it's only about 13%. Half of those can actually afford to go out and buy insurance. So now we're talking about 7%, 8% of the population that we need to have some kind of safety net uh, approach to health care. And in Utah, we've done a pretty good job of having the lowest cost health care, more accessibility, and the highest quality in the nation. So our ratios are very good. The health care reform issue, we have a, our health care summit is designed to let all stakeholders come together and see if we can't find better solutions than what we currently have in the marketplace. And we've got uh, a number of suggestions and ideas that's going to help us stay at the forefront of health care. And uh, I know the intent of the Affordable Care Act is to make sure that that happens, too. I applaud the intent. I think the product we have uh, in place is flawed. And I would quote no less than President Obama, uh, who uh, says that we can improve. There are some problems with the current health care law. We have a call from Provo from Al, who wants to know maybe if the state can help out. And, Al, what what was your question for the governor this evening? Well, good evening, Maria, and good evening, Governor. Good evening. My uh, question is pertaining to your topic you're talking about the federal government shutdown and with a state twist uh, my question is in theory with the so-called non-essential services that they call um, you know various categories the national parks system as you cited governor's um, example my question is could states such as utah actually uh, pony up the money ahead of time to pay employees their wages to keep these services going and then after the federal shutdown ends and hopefully it will end could Utah and other states submit a bill to the federal government for reimbursement? Well, thank you, Al. It's a great question. And uh, let me just first say, for those who are impacted, you know, these are real people. They have real circumstances that are being negatively impacted because of not getting a paycheck, being furloughed, 
whatever their unique circumstances are. And so uh, I wish in Washington they would understand that. Uh, I, I see too much politics being played on this issue on both sides of the aisle, and, and it does negatively impact people. That being said, for those who are in, uh, out of work, and, and can we step up and have state money supplant federal money? The answer is no. We don't have the ability to use state tax money to to pay for federal programs that are paid for by federal tax money. Uh, no, we do not have the ability to do it. In order for us to change the budget around, we'd have to call the legislature back into session and and modify the state budget. And so that in itself is a significantly big issue. So uh, unfortunately, we can't. We're trying to find other ways. For example, for uh, I mentioned the tourism and travel problems we have, and, and that impacts uh, you know thousands of people. Uh, with the state uh, national parks being closed, what we are doing now is telling people using UDOT and some of our electronic signage out there, our webpage uh, is uh, visit utah.com, and say we've got 50, and you know state parks. If you can't get into Arches, try going down to Dead Horse Point. There are other options out there available for the traveler that we can accommodate them. So we're trying to take them someplace else so people can still come, enjoy, spend money, enjoy Utah's great scenic uh, value, and keep some of the tourism and travel dollars coming. So we're trying to help in that way, but we can't use state taxpayers' dollars for federal dollars. Okay. Thank you, Governor. Thank Al, you, we Al. appreciate your time. The number to call if you'd like to be part of the program, one triple eight five seven five eight two five five. 575 Governor, one of our texters, and if people would like to text their questions, they can do that as well at 57500. One of our texters is challenging you to expand Medicaid in Utah. What What is your reaction? Well, we have a lot of people that are saying that's a good idea. And uh, there's an intellectual argument that says it is a good idea. Uh, but there's a lot of other people out there that are very concerned that if we expand Medicaid as it's currently constituted, that it, in fact, will uh, bankrupt the country. Uh, you know, people talk about why do we need Medicaid? Uh, uh, we need it to help poor people. And yet the best thing we can do to supply help for poor people is provide them job opportunities and economic sustainability where they can, in fact, afford their own medical costs. There are some people in the safety net area that Medicaid is, is an absolute necessity. Uh, we, we think that is, in fact, a very important part of it. That's why we've had our health care summit that just concluded here about a week and a half ago. And out of that summit came five recommendations. One was full expansion, which the, the texture is talking about. One is partial expansion. Uh, one is block grants, more flexibility for the states to take the money and find better ways, more efficient ways to spend the money for their unique uh, communities that we have. For example, Utah is a lot younger population. We're the youngest in the, in the nation. Arizona has a, a more senior population. So they have different health care needs. We need to have the flexibility to spend the money in more efficient ways. Uh, there's some waiver programs that we've approached the federal government. We've uh, have been denied some of them, which we think are good ideas. We we think there's some opportunities there, and charitable care, which is a big part of it too. Our faith-based organizations, our private organizations, our neighbor-to-neighbor concern, and probably a hybrid of some of all of these may be what comes out of it. We've got two, excuse me, we've got four two-hour sessions scheduled to review these recommendations which came out of our uh, health care summit. And we will work with legislators, stakeholders, and advocates, all people, so that we make sure in Utah we get it right. 
what we decide to do on Medicaid and Medicaid expansion will impact us for generations to come. And there's a lot of money involved. People talk about this as free money. It is no such thing as free money. It comes out of the same pocket. Federal tax dollars come out of the same pocket, the state tax dollars. And the cost for Medicaid expansion to the taxpayers of Utah is $3.2 billion over the next 10 years. So it's not chicken feed. It's it's real money. So we're being careful, methodical. We want to do it right. We will. I, I would anticipate probably having a decision made on this with the help of others uh, and uh, so that we can present it to our legislature in the legislative session upcoming. And you are listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Utah Governor Gary Herbert. The number to call if you have a question, one 575 or you can text us at 575 All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones? May not work. Uh, Emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? The library! Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. There's nothing worse, you know, than when you're stuck in a job and you just feel like there's nowhere to go from there. And finally, Jay and I went toward this place that could be that answer for you if it's a problem you have. Yeah, if you're going nowhere, it's time to go somewhere, right? Go somewhere. Go to Teleperformance. And that's Teleperformance.com. This is a great place to work where they focus on developing careers with their employees, not just turn them and burn them like you see so many other places. And you don't have to do just one thing there. They have all these different things you could do, like customer service or IT or even recruiting, administration. And a lot of people we talked to who were managers started there and worked their way up. Plus, stay-at-home moms, don't worry. They have an opportunity for you to work from home. Also, three locations, Ogden, Salt Lake City, and Linden. And they showed us that great barbecue area. They have, like, parties, and they really reward their employees for hard work. Maybe I want to work at teleperformance.com. Maybe you should. Okay, so we're talking paid training, promoting from within, a company that really cares about their employees. You can apply online right now at teleperformance.com. Your family history includes simple things like a treasured family story, a historic photo of a loved one, or even your social media tweets and posts. Learn how to connect your family across generations at RootsTech 2014, an annual conference held by Family Search, February 6th through the 8th at the Salt Palace. Choose from over 200 informative classes and explore a huge expo hall filled with interactive booths. Passes start at just $19. Learn more at RootsTech.org. Also part of RootsTech, attend Family Discovery Day, a free event by Family Search, Saturday, February 8th, 2014. This exciting new event held at the Salt Palace features inspirational speakers who will help you learn how to connect and strengthen your family, past, present, and future, through photos, stories, and family history. Registration is free and also includes classes and activities, especially for youth. Register today at RootsTech.org.
It's time to protect and customize your truck. Jordan Camper at 7000 South State in Midville is the place for truck accessories, such as side steps, drop-in and spray-in bed liners, towing products and wiring, toolboxes, roof racks, cargo liners, cargo carriers, all-weather floor mats, mud flaps, fender flares, bug guards, side window guards, bed mats, bed rug, grill guards, bed slides, and much, much more. If they don't have the item you want in stock, they'll gladly order it for you. Fast professional installation on everything they sell. Jordan Camper carries the highest quality of truck covers, work shells, and fiberglass and commercial toppers for your truck featuring A-R-E. Mention this ad and they'll give you dealer pricing. Jordan Camper, 7000 South State in Midville. Check out our website, jordancamper.com. Home to the governor of Utah. Toll free anywhere in the state. Call 888-575-8255. Let me speak to the governor on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good evening. I'm Maria Shalayos with Utah Governor Gary Herbert. And it's nice to have you along this evening. If you have a, crush, a question, again, that number, one 575 8255 And let's start out, Governor, about Common Core. We have one of our texters saying... How do we get Common Core out of our schools? Is that something that you would agree with? And give us the benefits of Common Core. Well, uh, if you don't like Common Core and what it's doing, then you need to talk to the school board who really have been elected by the people and the ones that have they've had 14 public hearings around the state when it first came out and, uh, and have answered questions, uh, uh, pros and cons about the issue, and then went ahead and adopted it. So I think there's a lot of hysteria out there, probably on all sides of the issue, uh, on uh, the Common Core. It was originally, as most people all know, was initiated by the states as an effort to try to raise America's uh, achievement uh, from 24th or 25th in the world when it came to math and uh, when it came to language skills, so that we're in a, in a more competitive state. Uh, and some have not liked that fact that that's been done and handled by some private folks. I understand that. What we've done in Utah to alleviate those fears is we actually had a law. I introduced uh, through our legislature a law two years ago that said if somehow in this process with Common Core we lose control of the curriculum, if we lose control of the uh, testing, if, if we lose control of controlling uh, the the education system in Utah to the federal governments, the, as people have called maybe the federalization of our schools, we by law now are are mandated to get out of it. So if any of the things that people fear are to happen, we by law will have to get out of it. But that's a question that's best directed to our school boards. And our local school boards are certainly a place to go first, but our state school board, thats they have the responsibility for curriculum. I'm here to ensure... Uh, people that we will always control our education in Utah. We will make sure that the curriculum is what we agree to and what we think is appropriate. The testing processes will be something that we agree to and I think is appropriate without any outside interference. The fact that we have a common goal to raise the bar on math and language, reading skills is probably something everybody can agree to. It's like saying we all want to run a four minute mile. We're running a four and a half minute mile now. We want to improve our times. Everybody, everybody should have the right to figure out what their training schedule is and whether you train every day or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you're a vegetarian or <laughs> however your exercise re- regimen should be. Everybody should have the ability to do that. 
with a common goal of let's see if we can't get to at least a four-minute mile or better, and states would have the ability to exceed that if they wanted. But at least that's a minimum standard that America ought to strive for. I think that part is a good thing. So you're saying give it a chance before we jump all over Well, most of the education folks out there, not all, but uh, the vast majority of the people running our schools and education, I don't think they're bad people. Our local school boards elected by the people, our teachers, our principals, our superintendents, uh, you know, all think that uh, there's some merit to this. And, uh, again, the state school board, that's their job. They've been elected. Uh, They've had public hearings. They still have people that will come and talk with them. I think there are questions that are being answered. And if we don't like the answers that the state school board is providing, then you can probably come and and, and offer another substitute to that. But uh, I'm not worried about the sky falling mentality out there. But I certainly am not going to stand by as governor and let the federal government come in and take over control of our education. It isn't going to happen. That's why I had a law passed that says we have on the books, if somehow we've missed something, that we have to, in fact, get out of the Common Core. Let's take a call now from Lauren in Lehigh. Good evening, Lauren. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Well, thank you, Lauren. Welcome. So my question for you is, knowing that it's a goal for you, and I'm sure shared by every Utah, to have the healthiest population in hopefully the country, how is it justified to allow a company like Stericycle in North Salt Lake to burn off biohazardous waste sent to us by several other states, especially knowing that we struggle so much with our air quality in Utah? Well, the answer to that is, of course, they were permitted appropriately under the law. And uh, we are a rule of law state, and I think all of us understand that laws uh, are are there to give us guidance and uh, direction. And whenever Right, but other states have decided that that is such a hazardous practice that they don't want to do it. So... What, well, what I, I I can't speak we, for other states, so I don't know uh, what the right, truth or what, what actions could we take to make sure? That well, let me if you let me answer. Let me just tell you what we're doing. Again, there is a process in place. You asked the first question: Why were they permitted? Well, that's the answer because they were permitted way back when, to, and they followed that permit process. And under the law, we're entitled to get a permit. Uh, it's not only a, a division of air quality and uh, a Department of Environmental Quality here in Utah but local government, zoning, and those kind of things that we all have to go through when we do any kind of commercial enterprise. So they did that. They followed the law. Uh, The concern we have now is that they're violating the law. They're violating the air quality standards that have been set up by the EPA. We are the ones in uh, our Division of Environmental Quality that have discovered violations. And under uh, our law, we are processing those violations to the fullest extent of the law, I I would add. And in that discovery process, we also have turned information over to the EPA to, inv- and to, to investigate potential criminal violations. So we're, we're doing our part to make sure that uh, any violations have occurred are being prosecuted. If there's any criminal violations, the EPA has the responsibility to do that. We thirdly are out there monitoring each and every day to make sure that exceedances aren't happening today. So today we know that, at least at the review, is that they're complying with the air quality standards and are compliant with air quality as they're permitted to do. But lastly, we've also, I've asked the Department of Health, our Department of Health, to go out there and review the situation, uh, being concerned about these allegations. I think they're serious. I'm very concerned about what's taking place out there. So I've asked our Department of Health to do an analysis and come back with some recommendations. So we're doing everything that can be done under the law to make sure that the health 
uh, of the the residents around Surrey Cycle is being protected. Lauren, thank you for your call. I hate to cut you off, but we're running uh, late for this break. The number to call if you have a question, 1-888-575-8255. And for our networks along the Utah Radio Broadcasters Network, we will be taking a five-minute break. It's 631 in the KSL 24-Hour News Center. I'm Paul Nelson. KSL's top story this hour. That is the message that was happening inside the U.S. Capitol when they heard that the building went on lockdown this afternoon. The emergency message instructed congressional staffers to shelter in their offices. It was sparked after a woman rammed into the gates of the White House, then led police on a chase near the Senate building. The woman was shot and killed. The child in her car was not hurt and taken into protective custody. Investigators say they don't know what led a woman to produce ricin in her basement apartment in an apparent attempt to take her own life. Regardless, it led to an evacuation of another family in a North Logan neighborhood, along with a number of worried neighbors. North Park Police Chief Kim Hawks says hazmat crews got on the case quickly. Based on statements from the individual that lived there in the apartment, there was a grinder in the apartment that she indicated she had ground the beans up with. There was a low positive test for ricin. Investigators do not believe the woman intended to spread the poison to the surrounding area. Detectives say the woman purchased the castor beans that were used online. And Salt Lake Police are looking for a man that they say assaulted his former employer overnight last night. Detective Veronica Montoya says the suspect showed up in the victim's driveway just after midnight. The victim reached into the car to get some of his belongings and got cut with a knife. The victim, of course, pulled his hand back and as he went to walk around to the driver's side, the driver accelerated and hit the victim. Detective Montoya says the victim was able to go to the hospital on his own. Coming up on KSL News Radio, we'll take your... My mom and dad both have health issues, so yeah. And my doctor recommended preventive care for me. I knew he was right. After I left his office, I called Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield. With the new health care laws, you'll want to understand what's covered and what's not and what's going to change. They made it simple. I mean, really, I just want to do the right things for my health. I'm glad my health plan supports me. Regions, your health connected. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield of Utah is an independent licensee of the BCBSA. On Sweet Salt. RSL hosts FC Dallas on Saturday, October 5th at Rio Tinto Stadium, presented by Shane Company. Don't miss this match as RSL fights to maintain its playoff position in the Western Conference. Come early, wear red and chant loud. Carnival Real starts at 5, followed by kick at 7. This match is sure to sell out, so get your tickets today at realsaltlake.com or call 801-727-2700. Do you believe... Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. (laughs) That was a joke. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. 
Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. UEA Convention. For more information, visit MyUEA.org. Traffic and weather together brought to you by the Larry H. Miller dealerships. Well, there is a report of a crash northbound I-15 right by the South uh, Southtown Mall. Um, it looks like there was a couple ones. One was kind of cleared away, but it looks like there's still another one that's there. However, they say that it has been moved off to the uh, side, so it doesn't seem to be... They say it's not causing as many problems as before. Just keep in mind, there is there are wet roads down there. And plan for heavy delays of 25 minutes to an hour on I-15 and Layton this weekend for bridge maintenance. Before you go, download the Utah Traffic app or visit utahtraffic.utah.gov. And your KSL forecast, tomorrow we are looking at a high of around 54, and yeah, we are expecting more showers to be hitting us. Um, not just a, well, yeah, a little bit later on tonight, but also tomorrow morning going into through the rest of the day. However, the uh, weekend, we do kind of warm up a little bit after that. We're looking at a high of, say, around 69 on Sunday, 76 on Monday, but right now in Salt Lake City, it's 46 degrees. You get the top stories every 30 minutes, breaking news the second it happens. I'm Paul Nelson, KSL News Radio. Budgets, taxes, roads. If it's on your mind, you need to speak to the governor. Call toll-free throughout Utah, 888-575-8255. Hear the answer on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos along with Utah Governor Gary Herbert. And Governor, let's take a call now from Ray in Bountiful. And good evening, Ray. Hey, good evening. Governor Herbert, uh, thank you so much for taking my question. Uh, my question is about the Medicaid expansion. I know you're considering that carefully, and I want to say thank you uh, for the time you're taking to consider the question. I know you have taken input from most of the large medical-related groups in the state, from the hospitals and the medical association and, and various groups. My question is if you are also going to sit down at some point with individuals who directly would benefit from the Medicaid expansion and listen directly to them because those are the people that are going to be helped. I've, I have tried a couple of times to get an audience for some of them through your office and haven't been able to, and maybe you've done that somewhere else, but I would just wonder if you're going to talk directly with them as you take input on the Medicaid expansion. Uh, yes, absolutely. We we certainly want to talk to everybody. I mean, all stakeholders. They, there's a lot of different points of view on this, and, and really at the end of the day it's about people. And uh, we ought to be sensitive to the fact that there are people out there that need some help, and we want to make sure that we're not somehow excluding them or their voice. Now, we have a lot of advocates out there for the low income, uh, you know, the, the the poor, the more vulnerable out there in our marketplace and the community, and they're talking to us all the time. And, uh, again, there's a lot of anecdotal stories out there of people that say, well, if we don't do this, then this will happen to me, and that's not a good thing. So we want to understand those stories and and understand those issues. And that's, again, why I've got this significantly high-intensified uh, group meeting that we're going to have here, these uh, uh, four two-hour sessions. Um, the uh, We've had working groups that have uh, sought and have received public input. Our healthcare summit was comprised of a number of, of advocates as well as, you know, your 
real people that really are, uh, benefit from Medicaid expansion. And so that working group, which will be a tight-knit group to analyze all of these proposals to say what will be in the best interest of the people of Utah in, in total. It's not just one versus the other. What's going to be the best for all of us as taxpayers, as people in need, people that need some help with their health care. And so it'll be a very methodical approach, and we want to have every voice to be heard so we make the right decision. If I had a patient who, I'm a doctor, if I had a patient who wanted to have a chance to speak, to tell their story directly to you, how should they do that? Where should they ask for the chance to do that? Well, they have the ability to, in fact, contact our office. We have a constituent service. You can call area code 801-538-1000 and ask for constituent services. They respond to those uh, uh, comments, and they can talk about what we'd like to do. Uh, It's a little hard to meet with everybody one-on-one because there's, you know, about 3 million people in the state, and and, uh, they all want to have a discussion. It might be better if we had a group that would come together. We have, uh, again, advocates for the group, uh, uh, the demographic that you're talking about, our Department of Health, our Medicaid experts. I'm sure we can arrange for an opportunity to have some discussion and dialogue to receive input. But short of that, we can, we take emails. We have constituent service. We can call and, and leave a message verbally. You can send us letters. Any form of correspondence we have available for people who would like to give us their input. Okay, thanks. I'll try going through the Department of Health again. So far, I've been turned away when I've tried to get patients to get a meeting. But I'll try going through them again and seeing if if something could be set up. I appreciate you listening to the advocates, but I hope the patients themselves can get a voice. uh, Let me just ask, say this, Dr. Ray, uh, do that again. But if you have problems, contact my constituent services. They have no axe to grind. They're just, they just receive messages and make sure that we respond, that we've got the input. That's 538-1000. So try the, uh, the Department of Health, and you probably know that area better than most. But if you don't get response, if you don't get satisfaction, then you contact my uh, constituent services, and we'll respond directly to you. Uh, okay. I- I've tried that before, uh, and they've referred me to the Department of Health. But I'll try again. That's, that was the right answer. But if you say you're not getting help, not getting response, try back again. And say, tell Governor Herbert I'm not getting an answer. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Ray, thanks for your call. You the, bet. The number to call, one 575 or you can text your questions at 57500. Uh, Governor, let's go back to one of our texters, uh, federal government shutdown on their mind. The question, Governor, why do you think that Congress and the President forget that they work for taxpayers? Do you think they should be held more accountable to, the, to their actions, and should they be recalled or impeached? <laughs> Well, bad policy, although we sometimes wish it was an impeachable offense, probably is not. We have the ability to recall all elected officials every election cycle. And uh, that's why it's important for people to get involved. Uh, We are very much too apathetic. Uh, We're probably a little bit too ignorant of the issues. And we are upset today, but talk to me in a week when things are resolved and maybe my passion has, has subsided. Uh, we need to understand, you know, good principles and good values that uh, the government should be uh, supporting and and hold our elected officials to that standard. And if we don't like what they're doing, if they're doing things uh, inappropriately, then we need to replace them. Uh, again, the, the problem we have right now with this budget crisis, 
part of it's the Affordable Care Act. Uh, part of it's the fact that we've been addicted to entitlement programs. I mean, it ought to scare all of us that we're nearly $17 trillion in debt and growing. I mean, we're spending about, uh, you know, a trillion dollars more than we take in every year. This year we're, we're crowing because we're only down to $700 billion more than we've spent in years past. That's not a, a great success. For when can we just live within our means? My credit card bill scares me enough. I can't even imagine uh, you can, that. You can, we can relate. But for some reason, you actually feel like that you've got to pay the piper someday. It's true. You better pay it or they're going to take away your credit card. Not so the federal government. They're borrowing 40 cents out of every dollar they spend. 40 cents every year. We borrow more and more and more and more. The unfunded liabilities, I mean, the $17 trillion is actual debt. But if you want to hear a really scary number, depends on who you listen to, between 70 and $90 trillion, try to figure that out someday, how much that is, is unfunded liabilities that we have on ongoing Social Security requirements, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, it's just a number that's incomprehensible. So I I understand the frustration for many who to say, we've got to get a handle on our spending. And is the Affordable Care Act going to help us get there or exacerbate the problem? And that's uh, part of the healthy debate. Uh, I've said this before. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, which is kind of at the focus of this government shutdown right now, I'm not sure the Republicans have got the best strategy on this, by the way. That's a political discussion. But uh, when when we look at what's taking place with this uh, Affordable Care Act, which was passed in a very partisan way, uh, there was not one Republican vote, uh, 2,700 pages that was looked at over just a period of just three days, which has spawned now 20,000 pages of regulation, which nobody really knows the answer to a lot of the questions. We're still discovering things as we have the rollout taking place here uh, starting yesterday. Uh, it, it causes people to be a little concerned. And because it was partisan in its inception, why are we surprised there's still partisan bickering going on today? Uh, the, 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 the country is... Divided, it's almost fifty-fifty on whether they support the Affordable Care Act or 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 don't support it for a variety of reasons. The president won with a margin of three percent, you know, margin of, of victory. That doesn't mean the public's been united on this issue. We have a divisive issue, more divisive than anything I've seen in my lifetime, maybe sec, except the Vietnam War. And and we've got to find some leadership out there that says, you know, we we disagree. We got to find common ground and come together. If we can't do that, we're going to be fighting, and we're going to we're going to fight, and the ships are going to go down, and people are going to wonder why. It is a frustrating process for Americans to watch. So maybe we should talk about something that we have a little bit more control of. Maybe the state budget, as you are putting together your budget to deliver to the legislature coming up in January, how do things look? Well, they look very well. Uh, again, the good news for us in Utah is that our administration, the legislature, have focused on growing the economy. We understand the principle of free market competition and having a healthy economy. And as you grow the economy, everything else kind of falls into place. You have additional money for education. You have additional money that's generated out of a growing, expanding economy for infrastructure, transportation. Uh, you have a growing economy that gives you additional money for health uh, uh, needs and, and welfare needs, those safety net issues that we the people think are important. But if you don't have a growing economy, you really struggle because costs continue to escalate even just because of uh, small amounts of inflation. 
we have found in Utah ways to be more efficient. It might be of interest to note that in Utah we have fewer state employees, fewer state employees today than we did back in the year 2001. Uh, and yet we've got over 500,000 more people that call Utah home. So we in Utah really are finding more ways to be more efficient, more technology, online programs, over 1,000. We're open 24-7 because of online technology. We're finding better processes. And we still have a goal to increase efficiency by 25% over the next four years. Contrast that with Washington, that over the last four years have increased their labor supply by over 13% living without their means, borrowing incessantly, they're doing less with more. Uh, we are a good model here in Utah. And as we go into this budget cycle, uh, we have a rainy day fund that's uh, healthy and growing. We have surplus monies, uh, $230 million that we've got in excess of money uh, because we've budgeted very appropriately, which bodes well as we go into the next budget cycle to fund more money for education. Uh, for the health care needs that we have here as a state responsibility. So I'm optimistic. I've never been more optimistic about Utah's future in my life than I am right now. Certainly in contrast to the other states and the rest of the country, we're doing extremely well. We have one of our texters asking, were the Republicans wrong to include the ACA modifications in the funding bill? I'm not sure I know what the AC modifications are. Well, who knows? I think they're trying to find different ways to improve. President Obama himself has said, this bill is flawed. Let's just go with it and make improvements along the way. Uh, We have a lot of people who supported the passage of, of the Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare. They're now backing away, saying, like the labor unions, well, this is forcing businesses to have, uh, you know, uh, 30-hour weeks or less for employees going to a part-time workforce so they can avoid the mandates that come with the, uh, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we have medical device companies, of which we have a lot, by the way, here in Utah. They're saying, why are you taxing our research and development? Why are you taxing our devices? My gosh, isn't the reason that we're here is to provide better quality technology so that people have better quality lives and better health care outcomes? And yet you're punishing us, stopping our our research and development. We have a local company, Merit Medical. I was talking to Fred Lompropos, the CEO and president of Merit Medical. And because of the increased taxes caused because of the Affordable Care Act, a million dollars he normally puts into charitable events in giving to needs, education, schools, other areas. Join Senator Orrin Hatch for the annual Utah Women's Conference featuring former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. The conference is being held Friday, October 11th at the Grand America Hotel. Many local and national experts will present workshops on a variety of topics, including new media in the workplace, financial planning, and many other relevant topics for women. Visit utahwomensconference.org now to register or kslnewsradio.com. That's utahwomensconference.org or kslnewsradio.com. Sponsored by FM 100.3 and KSL News Radio. All day, every day at Good Neighbor Pharmacy, we work to improve your health and the health of our community. To us, you're not just a customer. When you visit a Good Neighbor Pharmacy, you'll find more than a place to fill your prescriptions. You'll receive personalized care and answers to your questions. Stop in today and experience the exceptional service that only a community pharmacy can deliver. Get to know your neighbor at goodneighborpharmacy.com. 
This week's Teacher Feature Salute goes to Rebecca Benoit at South Summit Elementary in Camas. Alyssa tells us, Mrs. Benoit was the teacher who inspired me the most. When I was younger, I had trouble with concentration as well as mood swings and depression. It wasn't until the first grade that it became truly noticeable, but it wasn't until the fourth grade that a teacher sat me down and told me that I wasn't stupid. Mrs. Benoit at South Summit Elementary was that teacher. She made me realize I was smart. When I first walked into her fourth grade classroom, I had no confidence, but she set me on the road to finding myself. If it were not for her, I highly doubt that I would be graduating from high school in three weeks. Congratulations, Rebecca Benoit at South Summit Elementary. She receives a plaque from Zions Bank, an overnight stay at the Anniversary Inn, dinner for two at the Roof Restaurant downtown, two season passes to Hale Center Theater in West Valley, and at the end of the year, one lucky teacher will win the lease of a brand new car, courtesy of Burt Brothers Tire and Service. Raising kids can be tough these days. As a parent, you've got your hands full making sure your kids have what they need to stay healthy and get the care they need when they're sick. Well, now there's help. Medicaid and the Children's Health Insurance Program offer free or low-cost health insurance for kids and teens, all the way up to age 19. They can get regular checkups, immunizations, doctor and dentist visits, hospital care, mental health services, prescriptions, and more. Children in a family of four earning up to $47,100 a year or more may qualify. It's a helping hand for parents with their hands full. For more information about free or low-cost children's health insurance in your state, go to insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. That's 1-877-543-7669. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We've been married 38 years. We're retired, and this is how we live united. We play golf and we travel, but we also decided we were going to give to and volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. I do the nursing at the clinic. I work the front office, checking in patients, greeting them, making them feel comfortable. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. The places that need it most and implement it best. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We even get a few bless yous. It's incredible. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. So we don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Time for our final segment, the Let Me Speak to the Governor quick Q&A. Okay, Governor Herbert, of course, this is the really important stuff. Like, like who will win tomorrow night, BYU or Utah State? You have to well, be it's going to be a good one, football huh? game. I, well, I'm pretty ecumenical anymore as governor, and uh, but it's going to be a good football game. I think most of us would feel like that Utah State has the advantage. They're at home, probably a six or seven point favorite, but... Uh, uh, Broncos defense uh, is pretty good, uh, one of the best in the nation. So it'll be a, a, a great uh, game, I think. Fun one to watch. So what is your favorite app on your phone? Gosh, you know, I just kind of use the phone to talk to people. 
I texted I was going to say, bit. if Allie had an app, she would be your favorite app, right, to get information. <laughs> That's right. I don't have much time to fool around with any, uh, what is it, my grandkids, Angry Birds, mm-hmm. you know, and some of <laughs> those game. other apps. You know, I, <laughs> I do listen to some music uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, what's this? Hootsuite. Hootsuite. I, I don't have that one. But I I'm, just, you know, one I'm still, I used to use it as a phone and communication device. Right. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I want to play center field for the New York Yankees. Uh, and uh, if, if you're Mickey, a long way off from that, you know, you're yeah, not I even know. close. I, boy, <laughs> and I did have a tryout for the professional football team, and unfortunately for me, they said, "Don't call us; we'll call you." So I loved playing baseball. Thought someday I'd be a professional baseball player. I just loved it. But uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I went other directions, and other doors opened up for me. And you know, being governor is not a bad gig. No, it's a pretty good gig. What's your favorite book? You know, there's a lot of them. I, I write. I read a lot of historical books uh, now. That's why you and Doug Wright get along so well. Yeah, but growing up, you know, my favorite book, which led me to get my first library card when I was in fourth grade, was Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And then I read Huckleberry Finn, and uh, that went on from there. So mm-hmm. I love to read. I read a lot of books. Coke or Pepsi? You know, it depends on where I'm at. If I'm thinking young. Now, if you're really old like me, uh, you'll remember the commercial for Pepsi for those who think young. And I still think young. <laughs> so I like a Pepsi now and again. Uh, uh, I don't mind a Coke. Uh, I actually uh, uh, like them both. I think this is a tough one. Your favorite invention in the past 20 years? Well, again, the, the, uh, the what we have with the iPad and the iPhones, uh, what used to be a brick we'd carry it around for portable phones has been a remarkable transition to not only better communication, but really having a uh, the power of uh, a desktop computer strapped to your belt mm-hmm. or carried around in your purse. And so the innovation there with our iPhones, our smartphones, has been remarkable. Okay. Tell us about some of your favorite Halloween traditions. Well, we celebrated every October 31st. Well, of <laughs> <So>. course. <laughs> But, but are you bobbing for apples, uh, frosting sugar cookies? Does your wife go all out on decorations? All the, all the, uh, the first lady is uh, big into costumes. She's big into bringing the family together for party functions, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving. She loves uh, the dress-up of Halloween. Uh, I don't know what our costumes will be, but she will inform me in an appropriate uh, manner before Halloween. Does she try to match you up, make you a pair of some oh, sort? She does. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's got different ways of doing it. Uh, little Abner and Daisy May for the old folks and, uh, you know, Popeye and olive oil. And, I mean, so she does a lot of that kind of stuff. And we have a fun time. It's a, Our family always gets together, do a little trick-or-treat with the kids and the grandkids around the neighborhoods. And just a fun time, an excuse to get together and and uh, party we have about 30 seconds left are we ready for winter are you ready for winter the snow is, looks like it's headed our way well i'm hopeful i uh, we hope for a good snowstorm and uh, a good winter we could use it uh, we want to fill up those reservoirs we want to fill up those aquifers we want to make sure we've got plenty of water in this arid climate we have here and snowfall is really important and it benefits our ski industry and our tourism and travel so uh, I'm looking forward to a good winter this this uh, season. Are you a skier? You know, I'm not, uh, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. And uh, it, it gives me another reason to go down south and enjoy the southern part of the state. You know, right. where the- Are you having the same problem I had with my water? 
I turned on the faucet to fill up my white bathtub for a relaxing dip, and wham, the water came out yellowish-brown with dirt swirls. As a kid, I used to like to eat dirt, but now I'm much more selective about my mineral intake. We have awesome water in Utah, but even the professional water guys say we should filter our water. Sediment is like sandpaper to fixtures and faucets and accumulates in the water heater. That's why at Whipple Service Champions, we've put together perhaps our most compelling offer ever, a whole house water filter for just $99, including normal installation. Whipple Service Champions will install a whole house water filter for just $99. Call Whipple Service Champions at 444-FAST. That's 444-FAST. For emergencies, when you call today, we come today. Whipple, they come plumbing troubles all gone. Call 444 Fast today. Check for credit required. Rental purchase transaction. 90 same as cash now. Probably the wrong. Utah's first source for live team coverage of...